Lekutei Sichais Chelek Tesvav, Parshas Breishis, Sicha Gimel. The Medrash on Breishis tells us that when Hashem was about to create man, he consulted with the ministering angels, whose response was to question the benefit of man. God responded that the wisdom, the Chachma of man, is greater than the Chachma of angels, and showed them proof of this by bringing animals before them, with the challenge that they named the animals. They could not, and when the animals were brought before Adam and asked, what is this animal called, or this animal, Adam answered and said, this is a shore, an axe, an ox, this is a chamor, a donkey, etc. The Shalah HaKadosh explains the wisdom involved in naming the animals. The name of something is alluded to in its root. Adam HaRishain, the first man, was able to grasp the source and root of each living creature and name it accordingly. And so the Shalosh says, Adam had a knowledge of the secrets of the supernal Merkava as a creature of this world. And indeed, the Magid expands on this and explains, Posokutes in Perak Beis, that Adam called out whatever, rather whatever Adam called out, as the name of each creature, that was its name, that Adam revealed the source of each creature in its name. This then requires clarification. To grasp the spiritual source of things isn't a matter of extra intelligence, chachma, it's a matter of heightened refinement in one's grasp of the spiritual. The greater one's level of refinement the closer one is to spirituality, the greater his capacity to grasp a refined thought. Also, how can we suggest that the angels didn't know the names of these creatures if what was required to access this knowledge was the awareness of the mystery of the supernal Merkava, the supernal chariot? The supernal chariot was composed of angels, the source of all creatures. The source of all animals and beasts below are angels, how then did they not know this? And it's really a stretch to suggest that because angels are spiritual and dwell in supernal realms, they didn't know the workings of the physical realm and thus did not know the names of the creatures below. This would only indicate the greater loftiness of the angels and not a deficiency. But God indicates some deficiency when he says, Adam's chachma is greater than yours. Adam named the creatures when he was in the Garden of Eden, before the primordial sin of the tree of knowledge of good and bad. In Pasuk Tesvav, verse 15 in Perak Beis, chapter 2, the Torah tells us that Hashem took Adam and placed him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to guard it. Naming the animals, then, was part of this work. The work and the guarding had to be done in Gan Eden, and Adam's work in the Garden of Eden achieved an elevation in the holiness of the garden itself. Of what nature is this work of calling out the names of the animals? In fact, it seems that Adam wasn't actually producing their names because these creatures received their vitality from their root and source before Adam called them by name. Adam merely identified with accuracy each creature in consonance with its spiritual source, which tells us that the capacity to grasp the root and source of creation 
is not sufficient to actually match a creature with its spiritual source. And it was only Adam who could do this, as his chachma was greater than that of the angels. What was this chachma about? Though every creature below has a spiritual source and a root, as our sages teach, there is no blade of grass without a muzzle which tells it to grow. The ox, for example, is rooted in the Pnei Shore, the face of the ox mentioned in the Merkava, in the supernal chariot, and yet an ox has absolutely no comparable value to the Pnei Shore of the Merkava to its root. For the spiritual source, despite the many devolutions through spiritual worlds and through light, cannot evolve and become a physical reality. The creation of the corporeal from the spiritual can happen only by divine energy. For God is a kol yachol, able to do anything, thus God can affect a dilug, a movement that skips out of the realm of the completely spiritual and into the corporeal. Hence, the knowledge that the root of the ox is in the ox of the Merkava is not sufficient in order to be able to proclaim the ox in this world an ox ashore, because the created entity has no connection to its source energy. What Adam did, Vayikra Ha'adam Shemais, was announce and draw the root of the creatures into the dimension of creation and into the corporeal creature itself. Therein lies the connection between announcing their names and Adam's work and guardianship in the garden. No clear and revealed connection existed in the Garden of Eden, particularly before the sin of the creatures below and the source of the creature above. Adam affected the bond of creation below and source above and unified each creature with its source, unifying them so that every created entity below would now be called by that name by which it was by everyone. This tells us why it was only Adam who could name the animals and the angels could not. Though the angels knew the root and source of each animal, they could not create the connection of root and creature. When an angel becomes earthbound, he becomes a fallen creature. An angel cannot withstand the corporeality and density of this world. An angel cannot be both of higher worlds and bound up with this world. This capacity is unique to man, created Adama Elyon, likened, so to speak, unto God, who is unlimited, and a composite of upper and lower worlds, man can, ba- can bond higher and lower, affecting a creature of this world's connection with its spiritual source. This is why God said to the angels that Adam's chachma, his wisdom, was greater than theirs. Adam, man, says the Alter Rebbe, on the quality of Haroya es Hanoilad, can see how each creature evolves into life, how its spiritual source and God's word becomes a noilud, becomes a creation. Angels see the divine source in a living creature, but cannot see the spiritual root of a creature in this world. Only Adam, whose chachma capacity to experience this root wisdom was greater than that of the angels, could look 
at a creature in this world and see how it is one with its source above. And this is why Hashem did not suffice with just saying that Adam's wisdom was greater than theirs, but demonstrated with a real live demonstration. The whole concept of bonding higher worlds and lower is not in the conceptual capacity of a malach, without a demonstration of Adam naming the animals, drawing their root source into their corporeal existence, the malachim would not have grasped this. The Midrashic teaching that before Matan Torah there was a decree that kept higher and lower worlds separated, that higher worlds would not descend and lower worlds would not ascend to higher, and that at Matan Torah the decree was nullified and higher and lower worlds fused, has been discussed frequently. What Adam did announcing the names of the animals and thus drawing their source and root down, joining the animals to their spiritual root above, is not quite the joining of upper and lower worlds that took place when the decree was annulled at the giving of the Torah, but similar. Adam, the first man, achieved the bonding of creation and their root and source. In other words, with their distinct source in godliness that has some level of connection to creation. Adam, for example, bound the shore, the ox below, to its root and source of origin, the ox of the Merkava. But Matan Torah achieved the bonding of Havaya and Elekecha. When God declared, Anoichi Hashem Elekecha, Havaya transcends all experiences of world. It's the experience of He was, he is, and he will be all as one. At Matan Torah, Havaya, God's transcendence, became Elekecha, the vitality of every Jew, bonding transcendent godliness with the corporeal world. And this, again, at Matan Torah, the angels could not tol- tolerate or fathom this idea of upper and lower worlds uniting. And thus the Gemara relates that the angels argued that God's precious hidden Torah not be given to flesh and blood, bringing reasons for why man was not deserving and arguing for Torah to remain in the heavens. In the understanding of the angels, Torah is the ultimate spiritual experience and therefore cannot be given to a being of flesh and blood. It was then Moshe exclusively who could take the experience of Matan Torah, the nullification of the decree, keeping heaven and earth apart, and the transformation of fusing into one. The two aspects of this fusion, the fusion Adam facilitated of a created being and its root, and the fusion of Matan Torah, of created being and transcendent godliness, both exist in every Jew's personal divine service. The Altareb explains that the blessing before the saying of the Shema prayer, in which we refer to the service of the angels who say Kaddish, holy, holy, etc., is the work of preparing for the declaration in the Shema prayer. In order for one to be able to love God with all one's heart, so that the animal soul too, experiences love of God, there needs to be preparation. One must explain to this animal soul that in truth it does not reject holiness because its very root and source is with the angels who perform their service with a mighty sound.
who cannot comprehend how godliness is separate and apart. With this awareness, one affects the animal soul to be humbled before holiness. Of course, the natural question here would be, how can this awareness of its spiritual root help the nefesh abahamis, the animal soul, whose function in this world negates holiness? It was Adam's binding creature and root that affects a humility to holiness for the nefesh abahamis, even today when it just receives a reminder of this in our preparation for the Shema prayer. But this reminder serves only one purpose and not the ultimate purpose. The bittel, the nullification experienced by the Nefesh Abamis before its root and source, is still within the realm of Nivra, of a creation, as angels, while nullified before God, are still created beings. The ultimate point of a soul's descent below is for there to be union between the godly soul an actual part of an infinite God and the animal soul. That possibility manifested at Matan Torah, when the decree dividing upper and lower worlds was abolished and nullified. The nullification of this decree also made null the separation of higher, the godly soul, and lower, the animal soul, in the microcosmic universe of man. The previous Rebbe describes this in a letter, saying that the body's hunger for physical sustenance is sourced in the spiritual hunger for the spark of godliness in the food. In other words, things like food, which seem to be only in the domain of the body and the animal soul, is in fact or are in fact connected to the godly soul, so much so that a natural physical hunger is experienced as a spiritual hunger of the godly soul. On the other hand, though the purpose of the animal soul is achieved through unification with the godly soul, it's only a reflection of the divine in the animal soul, and thus not complete rectification of the animal soul. This is generally true as well regarding the world. The supernal purpose of to make a dwelling for God in this lowest world is for the lower domain to become a dwelling for holiness and not just to become impacted externally by holiness. Thus, it's understood that the nullification of the corporeality occurs through the Torah and mitzvahs that are done. So while this happens below, it's because of what's higher and the impact of what's higher on what's lower. Yet this is not the ultimate achievement of a dwelling below. The ultimate fulfillment is when both things exist, when there is a complete nullification of that which denies holiness alongside the world's shifting into a place of holiness. And how can this be? The root of the three life forces of doiming, Inanimate life, tzimeach, plant life, and chai, animal life or animate life, is in the world of toihu, chaos, and mass holiness, where or which is spiritually higher than the world of tikkun, repair, and the world of structure, the source of the midaber, the human being. This is in fact reflected in this world in their physical manifestation, 
As Chassidus explains, the reason animals are by nature bent low and not upright like humans is a result of their spiritual source in the world of Toyu, a source of intense mass spirituality. Where humility in that world of greater light is greater than in the lower world of repair. It is this level of humility that manifests in the physical world. The world becomes illuminated through Torah, through the light of Torah, which then reveals the truth of this lower world, a world that is submissive before humankind. Submission as a result of a source that has a greater capacity for nullification of ego. As mentioned regarding Adam calling out the names of the animals and thereby drawing the source of the animals down into its physical distinction and thereby as well exposing the spiritual source, Adam revealing the bond between the animal and its root, certainly it is so too regarding the life forms of Daimim, inanimate life, Tzaymeach, plant life, and high animal life and their root in the world of Tayu, which require a separate infusion of strength and extra avida, extra divine service, so that the organic humility is expressed as nullification due to their source in godliness. The Rebbe Marash explains this idea in the lengthy Mamurim taught a hundred years ago, a hundred years before this was said, beginning Rosh Hashanah in the year 1871, regarding the wondrous level of Bittal unique to the world of Toyhu, and, he says, that even the vigorous holiness of that world, which, where we saw the resulting experience of Shvira Sakelem, the shattered vessels where light was too powerful for vessels, was not a result, says the Rebbe Marash, of Yeshus, of a sense of self or ego, God forbid, but rather quite the reverse. It was the powerful bond and desire for an ever greater connection with the very essence of God. The Rebbe Marash connects this with the moniker associated with the world of Toihu, Behema, which translates as animal, but represents in the four letters that compose this name, Beis Hei, Mem Hei, Ba Ma. Ma, the divine name representing absolute bitul, Ba is in it. This is the world of Toihu. And the world of Tikkun, of structure, is associated with Odom, man. The word Odom equals 45, Ma, but only the 45, Ma. For in the world of Toihu, this nullification to the ultimate and true being is revealed, Ba Ma, while in the world of Tikkun, it is not a bitul that is obvious. And yet, every concept is to be understood on the literal level. And so Toihu, as Behema, is a reference to the existence in the state of humility of animals on this physical plane, which is due to their source in Toihu. But it is the word oilam, which means concealment, that carries the idea, the bittal, into a state of concealment, and the concealment carries into the world of tikkun, where animals are seen to be, oppose man, to oppose Adam, who is Adam Le'olyon, resembling God. This is why the Rebbe Marash explains in the Maimur that the power of the bittal, of the humility of the world of Toyu, 
is represented in the word behema. In this way, the Rebbe Maharash draws down the bittel and reveals the essence of behema below, the experience of this below, revealing that this vigorous source of humility is the essential and is to the essential and true being. No entity from that world can or will, God forbid, oppose man, a manifestation of supernal man. In fact, the world stands ready and humbled to serve the purpose of the Jew until it becomes a permanent structure for God and for godliness.